Every so often, a creature comes along that defies the conventions of adaptation and reform. Such creatures cling to the tried and true, and subsequently resemble relics of a bygone age. One prehysterical looking bird resembles something more akin to its dinosaur ancestors than its crane cousins. Some call it stagnation, but this frightening feathered behemoth calls it sticking to proven methods. But nature is all about function over form, and when you find a look that works, you stick to it in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you, for you, the listener. I'm not the listener because I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a weird-looking dinosaur-esque bird that looks like it may have been drawn by a fourth grader. It's fun. But more on that later. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's the shoebill. Ever heard of that? I hadn't. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Until recently. Um, also known as the whale head. I didn't come up with that. That's the. That's just what fun-loving scientists like to call it. It's It's got a large head, so that... And whales are large, so... I, I totally see the whale head in this thing. Okay. I see it deep inside. <laughs> uh, but we're going to call it here the derp duck. It's very nice. derpy. Um, the statuesque pescatarian. <laughs> and what I'm going to call it for the remainder of the episode, Chewbacca. <laughs> or Shuey. <laughs> nice. But yes, we're talking about the bird, the shoebill. In a kingdom that we know, love, and are in, Animalia. That was a relief. I thought this might be the first uh, fungus. Fungus? Among us. The, shoe, the shoebill fungus? <laughs> that was going to be great. It was a great episode. It definitely sounds like something that, you know, would. It's like a, it leads to an athlete's foot. The sh- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, except for, except for athlete, athlete's foot is bad. Uh, the phylum is chordata. Because it has a spine. A bird spine. A hollow spine. It's a good spine. It's a hollow one, at least. Yeah. Um, the class is aves, as, as it's a bird. Mm-hmm. I hope that you, the listener, are starting to catch on to some of these classes. Mammalia. Aves. Arthropoda. Gastropoda. All the good ones. <laughs> Those are just th- those are those are all the good ones. The other ones like Reptilia, whatever. Who cares about them? <laughs> Not interesting. Um, so the class is Aves. The order is Pelicaniformes. Nice. Sounds like something I'm familiar with. Yes, yes. Um, that includes uh, scops, herons, ibises, and you guessed it, spoonbills. <laughs> ah, subverting expectations. No pelicans. Yes. Includes pelicans. Um, the family is Balenicipidae. Is that why it's called the whale face? Yeah, <laughs> the whale face, <laughs> the whale head. Uh, yeah, baleen is sipping today. That is that. That's the that's the wordiest word. Yeah, um, the sipping today of apple juice keeps the doctor away. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You probably need the fiber. Sipping today. <laughs> All right. So the genus is. Um, uh, Balenoceps, and the species is Rex. Nice, it's a king of whales. Balenoceps Rex. <laughs> it's, a... <laughs> it's king of whale-faced things, whale-faced birds. Uh, so let's start with uh, 
So we know where it lives on the taxonomic spectrum, but where does it live in the world? Uh, East Africa. Nice. So here, let's 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 draw the map in our mind's eye. Zoom over to Africa. For most people, it's all just Africa, but we're going to go specifically to a couple countries, um, specifically Sudan, all the way down to Zambia, kind of in this in this western uh, like patch of eastern Africa, mm-hmm. um, and mostly swampy regions. It likes water, like most heron-ish birds do, because that's how they hunt. But the most prominent feature of this bird, besides its sad smile, is its size. It's it's what? It's eyes, did you say? You know I did it. <laughs> it's size. Well, gosh darn it, that brings us to one of the listeners. Gosh darn it, indeed. Favorite parts of the show. Uh, and the, the, that, sh- that, that, that part of the show is called Measure Up. Um, let's see. Let's scroll through this uh, lucky cast of humans. Um... <clears throat> and uh this 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 episode or this this episode within an episode uh is brought to you by one of you the listeners uh and today it's going to be a special listen- listener uh because it's my mom introduced by my mom <laughs> <laughs> thanks my mom <laughs> not your mom not my mom uh without further ado the listeners uh, most favoriteest part of the show. Measure up. <laughs> Good job, this is the last one. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> uh, excellent work. Let's uh, let's get right into the stuff. Hit me with your best shot. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm. You already got something planned, so I can't change the outcome here. <laughs> the height of this bird is about one meter, or 3.2 feet. How many original Barbie dolls go into the height of the shoe bill? This is deceivingly easy. Is it? As of 2016, here's the hint. As of 2016, Barbie doll, our Barbie received her first major makeover since 1959. Barbie dolls now come in a variety of shapes, sizes, skin tones, and hair color, and now reflect more true-to-life body types. Seven and a half. I'm glad, I'm glad you gave me the hint because that gives me time to think. Okay. Seven, Seven and, and a half. half. Barbies go into the... Mm-hmm. Three. Three? Three point three Barbies. Yeah. How tall is a Barbie? It's about... 11.5 inches. Oh, I thought there were six inches. No. <laughs> or seven. I was going to say almost seven inches. Almost a foot. Inches. That's a lot taller than I thought, too. Yeah, I didn't think they were almost a foot long. I I got to I I just got to learn what a foot is <laughs> in my in my mind's eye. Isn't it like I don't know. The forearm? You know when the last time I held a Barbie was last week and it wasn't <laughs> That is long. It's a long doll. Anyway, Moving on a wing, you got that wrong quick. Yeah, that moving was good. on a wingspan. <laughs> As I got the easy one wrong really fast. Their wingspan is longer than LeBron James, which it can be as much as two hundred and sixty-seven, two hundred and sixty centimeters, or eight point five feet. How many buffalo chicken wings go into the wingspan of a shoe bill? What? Yeah. 
Buffalo chicken wings. Uh, the Chicago, that's, he, that's an unacceptable unit of measurement because it changes. Well, here's the hint, and it can help. The Chicago Tribune estimated the length of the average chicken wing in an article revealing that uh, or uh, 1.25 million chicken wings were eaten on Super Bowl Sunday in 2016. In true hashtag measure up fashion, they also inform readers that that many wings could stretch from, quote, CenturyLink Field in Seattle to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, almost 28 times. So the measurement so now I'm of the wing came from the Chicago Tribune. And also, if you know how, how far <laughs> exactly, how far uh, CenturyLink Field is from Gillette Stadium, you can figure this out. If easy. I can guess what the average length of a of a buffalo, a traditional or boneless? Traditional. Of course. Um, all right. So most wings are about what? What is this? Four inches? Five inches? I think that's about five inches. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four inches. Um and eight and a half feet? Yeah. So the thing that you just did with your hands to like put in your mind's eye, that's a lot bigger than I thought. Really? But no, that's it's closer it. to what I thought than is the the, <clears throat> the Barbie the, the doll. truth. Oh, okay. No, I mean yeah. Um Alright, so if it's four inches, then three of them go into a foot. And then we're talking about eight and a half feet here. Yeah. So we're looking at 25 and a half buffalo chicken wings. The correct answer is 29 wings because it is three and a half inches long. But considering oh. the fact that they changed, there's probably plenty of wings. Yeah, that's yeah, Therefore, that, that is an unacceptable unit of measurement. I stand by I'll that. I count that as a win. I count. Yeah. Yes, me too. Well, I'll, uh, I mean, I gave you the who estimated it and everything. I cited my sources. 3.5 according to reputable sources. Who estimated? <laughs> each each chicken wing is an individual snowflake. Uh, anyway. The fact that you would try to generalize it is insulting to me. <laughs> and chicken wings all over. Well, that brings us to the end of Measure Up. All right. Well, then that brings us back to the interesting part of this show, um, which is the bird. <laughs> Not according to listeners polled, but I think this is pretty interesting, too. Um, all right. So we've established that this is a big boy. It's a big gray boy. Yeah. So imagine a heron. <clears throat> You're pretty... We've already got most of the picture painted here. Yeah. So imagine tall heron. It's gray all over. And it has like Russell Crowe sad eyes. That kind of like... It is kind of like a Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> Just rustle me up some crows. <laughs> and they're going to have eyes that are sad because of how rustled they are. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he just looks he looks world-weary in it the eyes. It looks world-weary, but if it, like, puts its head down, it looks like it's got a death stare. Like a Sam yeah. Eagle. The, the the Jim Henson puppet? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he has, like I said, gray feathers all over, and he has a small alfalfa tuft at the, at the back of his head, which is like, um, kind of cute. What's his name? Kevin the bird from Up? Yeah, not like that, because that has like three antenna or something like that, if I remember right. This one just has like a little tuft of feathers, like like, like a cow lick. Like a cow licked it in the head, and it just kind of formed in this spike yeah. behind it. It doesn't look like it's on purpose. Right, it looks like, it it looks like it's eye. a rustled crow. Yeah, it looks like a very rustled crow. Uh but that's not the most recognizable feature of this thing. If you're looking at that 
bird over there, the tall, tall, tall boy bird over there, and you're like, <laughs> uh, I wonder what kind of bird that is. Uh, you'll recognize it by its bill. Yep. Uh, which looks exactly like a casual loafer. Or a clog. An, it's nice, but not too nice. It's like, so not not so nice that you can't wear them at a picnic or something. <laughs> like, a, like a nice slip-on men's, like, ambidextrous shoe. It's a leather boat shoe on a bird's face, essentially. But for, it looks more comfortable than a leather boat shoe. Look, it's a, it looks like a clog. It looks like it, it looks like it hugs your toes real well. Like a clog. No, aren't clogs made out of like wood? wood. <laughs> no, that doesn't look comfy at all. <laughs> so the the upper and lower bills come together in a wan smile. A wan? Wan. Have okay. you ever seen that written? I've no. never I've never heard. I don't it know said. what that word means. It means um, like weary or possibly wane. W a n. Wayne is to like decrease or okay. diminish. Um, no, it's like a wan smile, meaning like never heard this. Okay, you need to read more fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's either a wan smile or a big grin, depending on how you look at it, depending on the picture. Really, it can it can. Uh, but the, the point is, he looks like he's kind of pleased with himself. Oh yeah, he looks like he's he's just had Thanksgiving dinner and he's just kind of enjoying the digestion Advice. process. Um, but I, I definitely get a T-Rex vibe from him. Do you get that? Like that, that natural smile that the T-Rex has? I mean, it's very, I've said it once, I've said it before. It's pre hysterical. Pre. (laughs) It looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not the only one. It's not called, uh, Bolinaceps Rex for nothing. Yeah. I mean, it might be for nothing. I don't know. What is it? The king of, king of harem birds? Usually it's for something, but it's not necessarily something good. I mean, it might be be just because it kind of looks like what we think a T-Rex looks like. Yeah. Kind of looks like Stevie Spiegel's T-Rex <laughs> uh, from Jurassic Park. But when his mouth is wide open, he looks like, he looks a little doofy. Like yeah. he just made a pun and is waiting for you to figure it out and acknowledge his cleverness. <laughs> He's just like, ha, ha, yeah. ha. It does look like that. <laughs> it's hilarious. He is pretty hysterical. Um, and he also has a sharp tooth at the end of his bill. Um, which he uses to hunt mm-hmm. when he uh, forages. So here's some fast facts before we get to the majorist one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it likes to eat mostly fish, but will sometimes eat frogs, lizards, snakes, and baby crocs. Uh, and there's an unconfirmed report of Shuey eating an antelope calf. Yike. Not, I don't think it killed an antelope calf, but I think it was feeding off of it. I don't know. I feel like it could. That's really brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but for a, for a bird that has a bill instead of a beak it's not a carrion bird um it hangs out in shallow waters specifically ones with low oxygen levels where the fish actually have to come to the surface to get a gulp of air so this is the first time i'm learning that there are places like that (laughs) where they like regular fish will have to come to the surface i know there are some fish that like come to the surface and breathe air Occasionally, but I didn't know that there were like whole, yeah, lungfish. Yeah. But I didn't know there were regions where all of the fish would have to do that because the oxygen levels are so low. Um, But now I do know that, and so do you. Um, Its strikes are successful 60% of the time, mostly because it has a giant shoe for a bill. (laughs) And um, shoey will sometimes hang out near hippopotamuses who will stir up fish with their uh, big fat movements. Yes. And uh, your movements are fat, sir. <laughs> it, it disturbs a lot of things when it moves. That's true, including fish, which are which are good for chewy. 
Uh, and Chewie can also stand still for long periods of time, which is why I said statuesque pescatarian. It mostly yes. eats fish, so it's mostly a pescatarian. Uh, but other than that, that are the fast facts. And so we're, I think that we're ready for are. something that's a little bit more. That are that. they. Here's where the major. What? Becomes a fact. Here's where the fact gets major. <laughs> uh, shoe bills are known for their ridiculous beak, um, but it's oddly sized and shaped for specific reasons. Uh, bills are about as wide as their large heads and can reach up to nine inches long. And I read like nine inches long and like eight inches wide. And I'm like, that seems incorrect just by looking at it. Eight inches wide? Yeah. That's a huge bird. I guess. That's a bird I would be physically afraid of. It, it, it's, it's physically imposing. It does um, have an eight foot wingspan. That's pretty scary. Uh, the, the bills are powerful, sharp, and end in a sharp curved beak, like you said, similar to like a bird of prey. These large weapons are used for just about everything a bird could want, from hunting to defense. It's a Swiss army knife of beaks. Um, however, primar- it's primarily used for hunting large prey. Uh, shoebills prey on lungfish, primarily, but they'll eat just about anything they can get their bills around. Like you said, turtles, young crocs, tough things. I don't think I said turtles, but yes, turtles. Turtles. Uh, they stand still for hours, uh, and I've seen, like, it, they literally do not move. They do, do not blank. They look dead. They look like statues. Um, like crocodiles. Yeah. Or like an iguana will just sit there and not move for a long time. Yeah. And their super long legs are great for standing in swamp areas. So they just stand and wait and strike when uh, a longfish comes up for a gulp of air. Uh when something shows up, they prefer to dispatch it quickly with two methods of killing. Uh, they will try to snap the heads off of prey uh, using the edges of their bills like a guillotine. So they'll pick up an animal into their mouths and then open it up slightly, giving the creature a small sliver of hope. A modicum of hope. Yes, as the creature pokes its head out to clamber to safety, the shoebill chomps down like they forgot to paint the roses red. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that took me a little bit, but I got it. I'm with you. It was you. a deep cut right into the back of the spine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if they can't do it, if they can't do that, they'll impale their prey with the hooked beaks before mentioned. That is That is pretty brutal. Yeah. And he's smiling the whole time. Uh, a cannibal lesson. A sinister grimace, to be sure. A doofy sinister grimace. <laughs> sinister with his mouth closed, doofy with it opened. Derp duck. Um, they also use their bills to communicate. Since they're solitary animals and ambush predators, they don't usually make sounds at all. In fact, that's the opposite of what they want to do. Um, but when they encounter a potential mate or a threat, they'll make a sound as a greeting or as a warning sign, but it's not a squawk and it's not a chirp. Uh, it doesn't come from their, uh, lungs. It doesn't come from their like gizzards or crops or throat areas at all. Straight from the crop. (laughs) It sounds like cream of the crop. It's actually a, a clattering of their bill together, like a hollow clapping sound. 
and it sounds like a jackhammer or a distant machine gun, like legitimately. I should have listened to this beforehand. And you will listen to it when I put this in post or when somebody does. So it sounds like this? It sounded just like that. Perfect. Because that's that was that. I also want to point out that I, too, communicate through Bill's exclusively the me and the Florida power and light. <laughs> that's, that's the only communication we have. <laughs> it's actually kind of sad. I want to expand it out to more, but you know, it's one sided. Yeah. You know what? They're not interested in, uh, in getting, getting to know you deeper. They're nope. Just... They just want to communicate through bills. Yeah. It's and very... electricity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they also use their beaks on each other. Despite mating for life, they are solitary birds. They nest far away from other shoe bills And they're incredibly territorial. Um, But they're also brutal parents. They only raise the strongest of their hatchlings. So shoebill chicks adopt a Highlander mentality. And uh, there can only be one. They fight to the death before they reach maturity. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty freaking insane for a shoebill. So there's... Always only one in the in the nest by the end of it? By the mature the only one of a of a what, a batch? <laughs> we'll, a we'll batch of hatchlings? Mature. Batchlings? Yep. Yeah, there's only one. Because they're large birds with large chicks, so it takes a lot of food to feed them. So I guess they just let it let them fight. They just throw it let them fight. <laughs> No, boys, it will be boys, and they're murdering <laughs> One is laying, bleeding out on the bottom of the nest. I feel like those are poor values to teach, to instill into your kids, but I guess if your primary means of hunting is guillotine, then I also, guess it makes sense. Also, if you're an animal with no laws, and just anything goes, and it's just a brutal shoebill, eat shoebill world out there. Yeah, like most animals. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta teach them to be tough cookies, you know? Yeah, I guess then it's the best thing to instill in your children. Is survival? Survival of the fittest. You mean your child. Yeah. The one that's that has it <laughs> bled to death. <laughs> well, your children of different, like, batch. Oh, batchlings. yeah, different, different batchlings. Yes. Very true. So, so is that all you got? That's all I got for Major. All right, well, that was the shoe bill. Uh, so for you out there in Podcastia, spread your wings clatter your mandibles and always greet the world with a smile like the shoe bill in life death and taxonomy birds of a feather flock together so why not flock on over to your local podcast app and leave ldt a review each review has a chance to convert internet passersby into new fledgling listeners If you have questions, comments, or ideas for our next episode, interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just type LD Taxonomy into pretty much any search bar, except for like Amazon. That just brings up books about Norse mythology and a novel about a family trying to make it in the Alaskan wilderness. Unless you're into that, in which case you're welcome. Thanks for listening. I feel like I was born. Adaptation and reforms. <laughs> <laughs>
evolving everything I loved in the worst part is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>